0: In the finale of Modern Family, Eric Stonestreet's beloved character Cam went off to coach college football, and Eric went back to his cherished Kansas City Chiefs. Eric's alter ego, Randy Reed, is Andy Reed's brother, and they spend time together at training camp. Although it's kind of unusual, Randy Reed doesn't seem to know much or do much about coaching. Mostly, he spends his time trying to sell jet skis to people like Patrick Mahomes. The players don't speak to him. Welcome, Eric Stone Street.
1: <laughs> oh, you nailed that! I mean, that's uh, that's that's exactly what we were going for.
0: <laughs> well, how did that hilarious custom come about?
1: Well, you uh, you 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 got it right with my beloved Kansas City Chiefs. So I've I've been a fan and a season ticket holder for many years, and um, with a modern family came access and relationships with the Kansas City Chiefs that 18-year-old, 16-year-old Eric never would have thought were possible. One of those was with the general manager Brett Veach. And um, you know, he just asked me one day, hey, he said, Hey, they want to ask you to do some in-house stuff for the Jumbotron. Are you interested? And I said, ah, I don't really want to do anything on the Jumbotron because I'm I come to games and I don't want to come to games and have to see myself on the Jumbotron. Uh, but I would I have this idea I'd love to do you know, for social media. And I told him about it and he's like, yes, we're doing that. And I said, but hold on, we need to get coach like on board with it. He goes, it's done. It's done. We'll have him. Once I tell him about it, he's going to love it. He's going to love it. So that's really how it started is coach saying yes to it and hearing the pitch of what we wanted to do. And, and, um, they said, yes, that's, and that's where it started.
0: There was one scene where You're in the training room, getting your ankles taped with players and talking about Pop Warner.
1: Yeah, yeah, Aren't you
0: embarrassed? Uh, Well, uh,
1: they were so confused uh, because, you know, so many rookies and guys that have no idea what Modern Family is or no idea that there's an actor with connection to the team. They really are. And they're caught in this moment of being respectful because they don't really know if I'm really coach Reed's brother so they want to be polite and nice but yeah you should see the looks that they uh they they would give me um with that and then from a distance you know people just thought I was coach you know up close you can tell it's not me but from a distance I'd be walking towards players and they would they would say what's up coach and I'd be like what's up how are you buddy you to see it uh just a great time but again I can't emphasize what a funny personality and sense of humor coach reed has and that he will give that moment of a very serious time uh to me there's a couple rules that we have and other than that it's just have fun with the guys and and keep it loose baby
0: do you know he as you know he's just so great um both of us had the privilege we were two of the six people who were asked to speak at john madden's mm. memorial out in oakland and so we're all reminiscing you know it's mooch and it's ron rivera and um Andy brought up the great uh, thought that John had that he told all of us and we all shared that uh, Andy said the greatest thing he learned from John Madden was never lose your childish love of life. Yeah.
1: Well, I I love that. You know, when Coach Madden died, uh, Andy, you know, knowing Andy was my closest connection to John Madden, somebody that, you know, you get asked a lot in our profession, is there anybody you've ever wanted to meet that didn't, or who were you most excited to meet and did? And John Madden was always at the top of my list of somebody that I would just have loved to have shared just a couple of minutes with his zeal and passion for life and food and football was something I really felt like, um, I'm getting emotional thinking about it because I just loved him so much. But coach Reed is the first person I texted after I heard he had passed because I knew of their relationship and and coached, you know, this is how great coach is, you know, here, this is moments about him losing a friend and coach writes back. John would have loved you and you would have loved John. And here he made me feel special in that moment, uh, in his grieving and, I just wish I could have met John Madden. He's he's way yeah. up there on my list.
0: Oh, you so would have loved him. I, I was lucky I got to ride the bus with him for years. Oh, I, Leslie. I, if, no, and I'll tell you, this is how great he was. How much would he have loved you? Okay, when we weren't stopping at Mexican restaurants, which was, you know, every 45 miles, he would just like look out the bus like a Mark Twain and just think of something. And then he'd say, like bus would be bouncing, dark chocolate. I, I don't get it. It's like they got halfway to milk and quit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, the best. Oh, he the best.
0: was, was, was. But you know, um, Kansas City, that was his nemesis. You know, that yep. he was a coach. Tell me, what were the... Were you in the? You were a little bit too young for the Len Dawson, Hank Stram. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. I'm I'm 50, so I really became a fan around. uh, Well, Steve Fuller and and Bill Kinney were my first two quarterbacks for the Chiefs that I I remember. But my my love for the Chiefs came from you know like so many other kids. They had the program where the players would come visit elementary schools. And uh, Jack Rudney, the center for the Kansas City Chiefs, he probably was the former center at that time. He came to our school and I got his trading card. And then the late, great uh, Joe Delaney was doing an autograph session at a mall here in Kansas city, outside of a jewelry store when I was a kid. And I got his autograph, him and JT Smith. And I, I still have my Joe Delaney card um, that signed. And that's really what cemented me as a chiefs fan. So we're talking like 80, you know, I was born in 71. So 81, 82, 83 era is kind of when I really started understanding and really getting into the game and, and loving the the Chiefs.
0: You know, um, did I remember this right and maybe for some of the listeners who don't know Joe Delaney, he died trying to save kids, didn't he? Yeah.
1: He he drowned in a in a fountain uh like a I think in in I believe in Mississippi or or Louisiana or Alabama, I can't remember one of those states, but yeah, he he went in to try to save someone and drowned himself.
0: Yeah, I think I remember uh, President Reagan honored him with a medal or honored the family or something. Mm-hmm. No, he was a, such a great guy. Yeah. Uh, it was, um, let's see, you kind of struggled with your coaches there. Now, I used to play racquetball with Frank Gans. Do you remember? Oh, yes. <laughs> he had a brief tenure there,
1: very, very brief. And then we, I think his son was somewhere, somewhere
0: he was on yeah. our
1: staff. Yeah, as well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> He'd been a naval academy guy, though he was a good guy. But you sort of had until what? Until Marty came. Like, what was happening with you and the Chiefs?
1: Oh, I don't, I, I, I don't know. But Mar- Marty was this, you know, the beginning, the Derek Thomas, the Neil Smith era of the Chiefs. That defense was so fun uh, to watch and be a part of. You know, the '90 draft, '89 draft, when we got started getting those guys and playing Marty ball, you know, uh, with Barry word and Christian Akoya, that's, that's a great thing, you know, to talk about 16, 17 year old me, the fact that I just worship the ground Christian Akoya walked on as a kid. And now I know Christian Akoya and Christian Akoya and I text is just, uh, just so amazing. I, I remember I went to Nebraska track and field camp every year. I was a shot putter and discus thrower and I would go to Nebraska track and field camp and they would show us videotapes of great throws and great throwers. Well, this guy, Christian Koya from Azusa Pacific was always one of the throwers that they highlighted on this tape. Well, when we drafted Christian Akoya from Azusa Pacific as a running back, no one, no one knew who Christian Koya was. And I was at a track meet when they said, oh, we drafted some guy, Christian Akoya." I'm like, the discus thrower from azusa pacific like i was so i couldn't i couldn't fathom that we were getting the guy i watched on tape at nebraska track and field camp and i've gotten to relate that story to christian he loves it so much but man i i love i love christian and he is talk about an all-world all-class guy he is that
0: I think you just like saying Azusa Pacific. I do. Often, you do, I yeah, can tell.
1: <laughs> it's in it's in Rancho Cucamonga. Yeah, yeah, which Zusa. is even better to say.
0: <laughs> when you got um both Super Bowl MVPs, Montana and Marcus, were you like, "Here we go?"
1: I was, you know, I I I love Marcus Allen. You talk about our my nemesis, the Raiders, and we were so I was so happy to get Marcus because I don't know what the personal drama was there, but he felt like they had disrespected him. And I thought, what a great opportunity for Marcus to come here and get back at his old team. And he did. I mean, talk about a running back that always fell forward. I love Marcus Allen and his ability to find the end zone. And then with Joe, you know, I thought that was it, but you know, Leslie, that right there is what defines this new phase of being a Kansas city chiefs fan, because here we got Marcus Allen and Joe Montana, somebody else's people now we have our own franchise quarterback in Patrick Mahomes. And when people ask me what's different about being a Chiefs fan, that's what I always say. It's like all I ever wanted was our own guy, our own person that we drafted, that we developed, that we didn't get from another team during free agency. And now we have our own homegrown Patrick Mahomes, thanks to Brett Veach and Andy Reid. And I'm so happy we have him.
0: So when, when you got Mahomes and you started winning the AFC title, were you sure this is, we're going to win a Super Bowl?
1: 100%. I listen again that that access that I'm so fortunate to have, you know, with Brett and some of the players, you know, Mitch Schwartz, our former right tackle, and I became buddies, and one of our other offensive linemen that's no longer with the Chiefs, and I became buddies, and they privately were saying, look, what this guy's doing at practice is insane. Like it, if this translates to the field, we are in for something else. And same with when we got Tyree Kill, Dustin Colt, the punter for the Chiefs, had told me early in training camp, like this guy from West Alabama is the real deal.
0: Well, I have to tell you back to your uh, college experience. Uh, I wrote for the Boston Globe, which has a legendary sports section. We always used to win best in the country. and. um, the, the Globe made me the first woman to cover the NFL as a beat. And it's mm-hmm. when the Patriots had Steve Grogan.
1: Oh, my gosh. So, Kansas State. There you well, go. So
0: I actually spent time in Manhattan and he was great. I mean, people forgot that guy inside the 10. He scored all the time. He was like the Lamar Jackson of his day. But I, I'm trying to think. I think I saw somewhere that like you're listed as the most famous person from Kansas State. Now, come on.
1: Well, I mean, I mean, I think as great as Steve Grogan and his neck brace was, I think I'm, I think I'm up there with, with, with uh, Steve Grogan and you know, who else is from Kansas state? Gordon jump. Yes. Tag
0: repair man. Okay. What about, um, uh, you have Jerry Wexler. I mean, why would you be ahead of Jerry Wexler? He coined the term rhythm and blues.
1: I know all about who Jerry Wexler is.
0: Your name was above his. That's an embarrassment. Uh, so after Kansas state, uh, you must have also been a Royals fan, right? Don't you own part of them?
1: Yep, I bought into the Royals uh, when they were up for sale. I felt like I I, I needed to to do that as a as a an, a way to kind of retether myself to the community and the city that I love. And if uh, they would have me, I would I would throw throw in throw in some coin on that. Um, but I was a Royals fan growing up. I love I love baseball. I mean, I I really love football but uh, the opportunity to be a part owner of a of a professional sports team doesn't come around that often so i felt like it was kind of a no brainer for me
0: well how old were you in 85 you must have been like a crazy kid
1: i was born in 71 so 81 i was 10 so i was 13 14 years old oh my gosh yeah i mean i i willie wilson was my favorite player uh the the, the i70 series was was great but to see the royals make that run when I was in Los Angeles a few years ago was just really, really incredible for the city. I mean, you've spent time here and all cities are great. Like I'm not, I'm not saying Kansas city deserves it more than, but Kansas city was a, hungry town for some success in sports and for the Royals to deliver that World Series in those two years back to back of of making it uh, was just incredible. Nobody loves their teams more than Kansas City. So I was very excited for them. And then to get the Super Bowl a couple years ago was just beyond.
0: Wait, we're going to go back to the Super Bowl, but nobody loves their teams more. You're saying that to a native Bostonian. My childhood was your childhood With the Red Sox. We won nothing. And I was covering, I covered the Bucky Dent game. I covered the 86, where we had 13 pitches to get it done. And that was the year after you won it, right? Then we lose to the Mets. And we're thinking everybody else wins except (laughs) the Red Sox. So I don't know about that.
1: Well, I I didn't say we we love we love we love them more. I just said nobody loves them more. I think that's an arguable. That's fair. That's fair. I think we're on the same po- same plane uh, with with being hungry, you know. But here's the thing: being on a coast, we'll count Boston. Uh, be, you know, you're you're close. It feels like you're more adjacent to championships. Uh, you're still a big market team that you're playing the Yankees, and you're. I mean, our our rivals, the freaking Detroit Tigers, or you know, uh, the Cleveland Indians and here, and here, you know, it's the boss, This Red Sox Yankees rivalry. It just, just feels different being in the Midwest and being in the great on the great plains and having the small market team like that. So that when it, it just feels, it feels so much more foreign than I think it does in those larger market cities.
0: Well, and also to be the team that everybody does know from that part of the country to beat the Cardinals, you know, that mm-hmm. had been, just so great when you were a kid. Uh, g- tell me your experience. Now the Super Bowl. I live in Miami now. It was during COVID, right? So it was, was right strange? at the beginning
1: of COVID. Yeah. So <clears throat> it was right before the world shut down because the Super Bowl happened, and then we shot our final couple episodes of Modern Family. We wrapped the show after eleven years, and then COVID happened. So it was quite a turbulent couple months for me, uh, and and the production of the show, and then obviously the rest of the world. But we're so thankful that we got our season in. We were only shooting 18 that year anyway, which we had always done 22, but we had done a shortened season. And had we not done a shortened season, the pandemic would have held us from finishing our show. So thankful for that. But, yep, in Miami. um,
0: Would you have stopped shooting to go to the Super Bowl, I guess?
1: Well, I I told him right from the beginning that. I'm I mean I'm not available the Monday after the Super Bowl like there's it's not it's not happening look my passion and my love for the Kansas City Chiefs was is very well known by everyone uh and they knew uh, I, you can shoot the show I will not be here the Monday after the Super Bowl
0: Did you make a fool of yourself at the game
1: No gosh no no I here's here's the deal uh I have I have become friends with Commissioner Roger Goodell because he was a fan of the show. His daughters and wife were a fan of the show, and they invited me to the Super Bowl years ago. Uh, and I said, Commissioner, I'll never go to the Super Bowl until the Kansas City Chiefs are in it. And he made a wise crack, and he said, "All right, Stone Street, if you want to wait that long, well, the truth of the matter was it was only a couple of years after he invited me that the Chiefs were in the Super Bowl." So I called him and said, uh, "I'm calling in my rain check right now," and he's like. Tell me, tell me when you're going to be here, and tell me what you're going to do. So he made good, and I sat with him for the Super Bowl, and then at the end of the game, I was again, Leslie. It's just pinch myself moments. I go down on the field uh, with Lindsay, who you saw earlier, and um, here we are on the field watching the Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl with the Commissioner of Football on the corner. I'm in tears. His wife is filming me crying. He turns around and he looks at me and he's like, are you crying right now? And I'm like, yes.
0: There is crying in football.
1: Oh, there is. And I said, the only thing that I think I would have cried more over, not because I love it more, but because it's different, is if Bill Snyder ever would have won a national championship at Kansas State. (laughs) Um, I just, I was so emotional for myself, but for the city of Kansas City. And
0: And just uh, think of Lamar Hunt, wherever he was watching. You know, it's he his trophy.
1: A hundred percent, and the super the, the the term Super Bowl came from from right. him. It was a it was a full circle moment for Kansas City for me. I, I didn't want to make it about me, but my God, I just I just couldn't believe we were winning the Super Bowl, and I was standing right there when it happened.
0: And it was such a um, exciting team. You know, it wasn't the old Hank Stram. You know, okay, here we go. <laughs> Matriculate
1: <laughs> the ball down the field, like, boys. Off the bus, right? No. <laughs> You know, we drew up the famous wasp play where Patrick asks uh, Coach Bienaimé, "Do we have time for wasp?" And that third and thirteen, I think it was, and we hit we hit Tyreek for the longest play of the game at that point in time. I think I've watched the Super Bowl probably fifteen or twenty times since we won it. But More here's than the, deal. the
0: Godfather.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The only movie I think I've ever watched like multiple, multiple times. Well, two, the movie Collateral, Michael Mann, Tom Cruise, and Jamie Foxx. It's a great L.A. movie with great music. Um, I've watched that a lot of times. And then I don't think I've ever turned off Dances with Wolves when i flipped through and seen it. So I've seen Dances with Wolves probably 10 or 15 times, but in pieces.
0: So um, Modern Family, right? Just um, so beloved by everybody. But um, I'm not sure I know how you qualify As a domino master, what is that exactly?
1: (laughs) Well, you know, um, we have 10-year-old boys in the house. So when I got asked if I wanted to be a host, first of all, I'm always interested in whatever anybody is thinking of hosting because of the practical nature of being able to shoot things uh, relatively quickly. And, you know, I'm I'm living in Kansas City and back and forth between here and L.A. So I like the idea of dipping my toe into Los Angeles and working. Uh, that's very attractive to me after being on a show for 11 years and living in Los Angeles for 20 plus years. It's nice to be back in Kansas City with the earnestness of the people and the freeness of the highways. Um, so. I was interested in that hosting gig. And then when I find out it's domino toppling and chain reaction and Rube Goldberg, always been a fan of those videos when I see those people set these crazy things up in their backyard. So I was interested. I I never played dominoes as a kid like that. I always set blocks up and knocked them down and tried to create my own (laughs) chain reactions. But um, I like people, I like quirky people. I like talking to people. And I love watching people put put it on the line and be willing to, you know, put it all out there to try to win some money and change their lives.
0: And don't you? Isn't Bob Costas the great Bob Costas involved?
1: Uh, no, Joe, Buck, is, Joe oh, Buck. Joe Buck is. is. Yeah, okay, yeah. Joe Buck is great. the. Yeah, Joe Buck is the color commentator. Is the Dominoes?
0: <laughs> that's funny.
1: <laughs> As the dominoes fall down, Joe's making the call up from the booth. That, uh,
0: rube goldberg did a couple things right did you ever see he did the um self-opening napkin oh yeah my, yeah i mean he does really great things rube goldberg under 100%. underestimated look at this
1: look at this hold on i'm grabbing this I'm just, oh, just to show you personally look at this uh, your my, own my, my beloved arrowhead
0: and where do you sit
1: uh well so where do you used da- to sit my dad, my dad had got me season tickets when I was a kid, and we were we sat in section one thirty, row two, two end seats, right on the field. Um, and then when you asked me if I knew we were going to go to the Super Bowl, when Patrick became our starter, I told Lindsay, "I'm not missing a game at Arrowhead this year." So we got a suite, and that suite is right above where I sat as a kid at Arrowhead. So I am able to be up there. In my suite with my friends, and invite people in from Kansas City. The writers of for Modern Family came to games, and you know it's like you fly in, I've got a seat for you. And the really the neatest thing is when I got the suite, they said, "Well, do you want what? Do you want in your suite?" And I said, "Well, I'd like my suite to be offensive line, like pictures, you know, just really great O line pictures." And Steve Saunders, who's the official photographer for the Chiefs, he said, "Well, do you have any favorite moments?" I said, well, Joe Valerio, University of graduate, Pennsylvania graduate and swing tackle for the Chiefs, you know, caught three touchdown passes from Joe Montana. And one of them was right in front of me at Arrowhead. I'd love to have that picture. So he brings it up in the computer and I'm like, well, wait a minute. I'm going to be in this. I'm going to be in this picture. And sure enough, there I am with my brother, hands above my head, cheering and screaming for tackle-eligible touchdown, Joe Valerio scoring a touchdown right in front of me. So that picture is framed in the suite that I sit in at Arrowhead and watch. uh, Which I'm going to
0: make a pilgrimage to. You're you're welcome. I will tell you how much John Madden would have loved you. There was one year on the bus that he insisted that I know how to diagram the Redskins counter tray. Because, right, John was just all about the hogs, all about the off, right, all about. So, I mean, honestly, he would play that thing over and over and over on the bus, you know, on the screen. And then, okay, I try and I get Grim and Jacoby. Okay, I got him going this way. But, you know, I think I had like uh, Riggins running the wrong way and he would like yell at me like a coach. You know, I told you, I told you. So um, if you'd like, I will share it with you how to diagram the Redskins counter tray. I would love
1: I would love that. John Riggins, (laughs) University of Kansas graduate, unfortunately. And an actor. Uh, Yep, that's right. Joe Jacoby was one of my favorite offensive linemen just because of how huge and big he was. I was always obsessed with with the big guys. My favorite chief as a kid was an offensive tackle from Iowa named John Alt. Uh, He was always my favorite player. But uh, you're welcome to the suite anytime, Leslie. It would be an honor to host you and have you come watch a game with us.
0: I would love it. Before I let you go, I have to ask you one thing. Is it possible, Fizbo, your character Fizbo, now I went to high school in the Berkshires in Massachusetts Mm -hmm. and I went with Fizzy Pluff, who was the funniest kid in Massachusetts. Is it possible that somewhere along the way you heard about Fizzy Pluff, and that's how you got the name?
1: Fizzy Pluff, I love that uh, so much. So here's where Fizbo came from. My dad passed away, unfortunately, in November, but he gave me my name Fizbo. And it really was because the famous clown here, you know how every region has the kind of like their Saturday morning clown bit. Bozo Bozo was Chicago. Well, in Kansas City, in this area, our clown was called Wizzo. And I guess we thought that if you're going to have a clown name, the, the letter Z needed to be in it somewhere. So my dad called me Fizbo. Uh, and uh, (laughs) that name, that name stuck with me from when I was 10 years old, 11 years old on, and, uh, to be able to play Fizbo on modern family and call them and tell them. I'm going to be on modern family. This, this TV show as Fizbo, the clown was again, another moment for me that was just uh, immeasurable for.
0: Well, I might. All right. I'll have to tell him because Fizzy did win. I'm not sure this wasn't somewhere in your unconscious. Fizzy did win the new England junior high school essay contest. His essay was, I was a teenage pay. Now that beat everybody else. And Fizzy, I just don't want there to be copyright infringement here. You're sure it oh came gosh. from your dad.
1: I'm a hundred percent, but tell Fizzy, I, you know, my, my <laughs> friends in college, cause I had a personalized license plate that said Fizbo and all my friends in college used to call me Fizzy. That was what they would, they would call me Fizzy.
0: That's the greatest. Yeah. That is the greatest. And on that note, my friend, I cannot wait to talk to you again.
1: Oh, this is great. Well, it's a pleasure to talk to you. You're a you're a true legend and uh, you know, there are things in the business when you get asked to do, you have to think about. And when they said if I want to ask if I want to have a conversation with you, it was an immediate yes. You're right up there with whether I wanted to be in a Weird Al Yankovic video. I don't know how that makes you oh, feel. Oh
0: no, that's great. No, yeah. that's uh, I'm honored. <laughs> there
1: are there there are a few immediate yeses, and talking to you was an immediate yes.
0: And that was my conversation with Eric Street. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today on Stitcher, Pandora, or wherever you stream your podcast to enjoy new episodes every week. In Conversation with Leslie Visser is part of the SiriusXM podcast network and is available on the SXM app included with most subscriptions. The executive producer is the great Andrew Emmer, sound design by Robert Moore, and special thanks to Sirius XM's Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, Steve Cohen. Talk to you next week. SiriusXM XM Podcasts.